This is the Oanda Podcast. Stock markets across the world endured more big losses today across Europe. More than 4% down, less so in the United States and the UK. Let's speak to Oanda Senior Market Analyst Ed Moyer, who's in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Greetings from New York. Well, it seems like a, a lifetime ago since we last spoke about a week ago. So much has happened, of course, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which has really spooked markets almost every day of the last week. And this attack on the nuclear power plant in Ukraine really, really saw massive losses in Europe this morning. Your reaction, first of all, from where you are in New York? I think there has been a, a tremendous amount of um, outrage that, you know, just 24 hours ago, there was talks about having a third round of hopeful negotiations where a ceasefire could be contemplated. And and then all of a sudden you have Russian troops um, make a move towards Europe's largest nuclear power. And, and you're, you're seeing risk aversion. Um, go wild here because th- there there is um, growing expectations that um you know russia and after a phone call between president macron and vladimir putin you have uh, expectations that russia won't stop until they they have all of ukraine potentially and and i think there's this this belief that now you're we're, we're probably going to see an extended uh, military conflict and and that has um provided uh, a you know, a major, you know, move out of risky assets, out of stocks. And you've seen the euro um, tentatively, uh, you know, hit 108 at one point. And, and now you're, you're, you're seeing commodities that are heavily uh, um, influenced by Russian supplies uh, are continuing to, to soar. So I think you're, you're, you're having a, a market that is very anxious and uh, it, it, it seems that, uh, we're we're headed towards another energy crisis. You're you're seeing um, tremendous pressure with agricultural markets. Uh, wheat prices have been um, through a roof. Wheat wheat um, you know had roughly a 40% surge. Um, and and I think that you you also are seeing um, you know base metals are are just um, really you know catching fire here and and and. It, this is this is only going to feed into those inflationary fears, which um, I, I think that now you you have uh, a large part of the European economy that is is going to be struggling for economic growth and and surging inflation. So everyone's talking stagflation, and you're probably going to continue to see that um, that is going to threaten the global economic recovery. And um, that's even um, putting, as you mentioned earlier, it's it's putting pressure across all indices and including the U.S. And you mentioned commodities. The more I read about Ukraine, Ed, and I have to confess, I didn't quite know the detail I know now. It's quite scary what could happen in terms of the supply of major commodities across the world. Russia and Ukraine together account for more than a quarter of global wheat exports. Ukraine alone makes up almost half of the exports of sunflower oil. You mentioned base metals. Both countries, Russia and Ukraine, lead the global production of nickel, copper, iron, and I haven't even got on to microchips, which again 
90% of neon, which is used for chip lithography, comes from Russia, and the Ukraine is very much involved in the production of semiconductors as well. We were discussing the short supply of things like semiconductors and chips just a few weeks ago because of the labour shortage, because of the coronavirus effect. That pales into insignificance when you compare what could happen next. We are set for massive inflation over the next uh, year or two and who knows how long this conflict is going to last what i can't understand is why the major countries of this world they took their eye off the ball with this situation in the russia and ukraine across the world we're going to see people very adversely affected by this lack of very important commodities to eat for fuel and so on it'll almost make coronavirus seem like a distant memory very much so. And I think we've we've been, um, you know, fixated on, you know, how um, critical Russia is a part to um, the food, energy uh, and uh, uh, precious metals or not precious metal, base metal uh, con- contributions to um, um, this uh, global economy that that uh, we're, we're probably going to be faced with um, some some rapid um pressures that are, are are really going to complicate what central banks are going to do going forward um I, I think that you've had a lot of um, countries that are not commodity rich that are, are really going to struggle and and I think that the the likelihood is is that uh, now you're you've seen um, market expectations for central bank tightening is, has really uh, changed. Uh, you know, the, the ECB, it seems like they weren't, you know, two months ago, they weren't considering doing anything this year. Then all of a sudden, hey, we could have a summer rate hike. And now things are like, well, we need to assess the war impact. Uh, and, and now every everyone is, is really kind of um, really... Have, they have a big question mark. They, no one, no one can have a good forecast for inflation right now, and uh, with that, you you can't really have a good target for growth. So, so I think you're 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 going to continue to see that this uncertainty is is really going to um, lead to uh, some uh, accelerated flows into some of these commodity trades that are going on, and and what's going to happen is people are going to liquidate from equities and and they're going to try to ride this commodity um wave and 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 it seems that you know you know before before this this uh uh, war in ukraine um i was talking to you about a super commodity cycle the outlook across several markets were that two two there, there was just there was just such a lack of supply and everyone knew that demand was going to start to pick up. Now it seems that you know, as global growth takes a big hit, you know, some of that demand will fall back, and and that will you know ease some of these pressures. But that's that's not what we want. That's not how we want these pressures to go down. Uh, we want to see supply come back up. Um, so 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 I think you you have a market that is now really um, struggling on on how to get a better sense of you know exactly you know how much more pain can we see uh, across equities and 
you know, the, the contagion risk is there um, for the rest of the world as, as the inflationary impact is, 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 is going to remain elevated for quite some time. I mean, last week when we were talking about NEON, um, that was a key driver in, in how we saw a lot of the semiconductor stocks react this week. And I think that you're going to continue to see that um, no one, no one is, is immune to this this uh war in ukraine i think it affects you know almost every industry and and you're probably going to continue to see that um there is expectations that inflation is is going to remain very strong um for the foreseeable future and 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 you you have some of these energy calls um for people talking about 100 over 180 dollars on oil prices so i think there's this fear that uh this um, Ukraine war is, is really going to complicate um, um, the economic recovery that was supposed to be this year. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really um, going to mean elevated volatility here. And, and I think that uh, there's, a, I think, a strong amount of skepticism that um, we'll, we'll see um, any uh, slowdown in, in these intensifying headlines. And we're going to see the specter of stagflation. You mentioned interest rates, and we were expecting a number of rate rises over the next few months. Uh, Seven, it was uh, spoken of in the United States. But uh, with global growth under threat, central banks have got a bit of a problem, haven't they? Because um, they don't want to make things worse. And on the other hand, they want to control inflation. So where does the compromise lie? Right now, over the the, the Fed is going to take a look at the short-term outlook right now, and um, you, you we did have a rather interesting um, payroll report today, and I think there was two big numbers you had to focus on. Obviously, the labor market remains hot. We had over 678,000 jobs created, which was uh, much better than the 423 expected, but what really caught my attention was you know, everyone was expecting that average hourly average hourly earnings were going to shoot up uh, by a half a half a point and they were flat um so basically the doves on in the fed rejoiced and they were able to they're you know they're going into this policy meeting saying that well we're starting to see wage pressures are potentially um easing here maybe maybe they're gonna get you know just pick up in the next few months but for the meeting that we're going into, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the chance of a half point rate increase, you know, that's, you know, I wrote that off a while ago. And, you know, I think for the people that were still holding to that potential, um, I think that kind of solidified that that's not happening. Um, and, and I think what you're going to see is that the, the Fed is, is still going to fight inflation. Um, and the U.S. economy is still fairly strong. Um, now, <clears throat> can the U.S. economy handle oil at $120 for six months? No. Uh, can it handle it for two more months? Yes, easily. Um, can it handle oil prices at $150 for two months? At, at, that's going to get harder. Um, but but you're, you're, you're still seeing um, um, there is strong economic activity uh when you take a look at the hiring leisure and hospitality did pretty well and you're 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 as as difficult of a 
a, a situation uh, that's happening abroad, um, you, you're still seeing there is optimism that the growth and um, uh, consumer spending outlooks are still um, being optimistic for the short term, despite all of this inflation that we're seeing. Uh, you know, well, if if this lasts for four months, you know, then obviously you'll 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 see uh, you know consumers be dipping into savings, and uh, you'll you'll see a lot more. Uh, concern and and that will probably be happening a lot sooner than four months. But um, I think there's expectations though that still the, the Fed can go forward with their rate hike at the March 16th meeting. Um, and and what they're going to do is um, I think uh, they're still positioned to raise rates four or five times this year. Um, I think there's nothing that will disrupt um rate heights at the next few meetings um and as inflation depending on how the growth outlook evolves um will determine whether or not we get that half point uh surprise half point in rate increase um at some point in the middle of the year and and, and i think you, you're 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 probably base case is still four to five rate hikes this year but there is that potential where um if growth does not fall apart if there is um, expectations that we will see things uh, normalize across a lot of these commodity prices, um, then you'll 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 have that that um, expectation that the Fed will um, be able to fight inflation a little bit more aggressively in the summertime. But then um, we'll, we'll 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 probably see them be a little bit more slower in, in that interest rate hiking cycle. So so I think. In, in the U.S., there's still optimism here. You're, you're going to have um, an economy that can still handle rate hikes. Uh, but, you know, obviously, if, if, if inflation gets even much uglier than in some of the, the base case scenarios we're talking about, then that, that, that's a game changer. Indeed. And yes, this jobs report is pretty good, isn't it? Far ahead of expectations. 678,000 jobs, much stronger than expected. And it certainly increases the likelihood that interest rates will go up at the next Fed meeting. But I, I just got a feeling, Ed, whatever we think is happening right now is going to be very, very different in a month or so from here on. Yes, I agree with you that things are looking on paper based on the figures that you have at your disposal now better than expected, but I've just got this feeling that we are going to enter into a recession uh, sooner rather than later because of what's happening here in Europe and because of all those commodity prices that you mentioned before. And uh, perhaps you being in the United States compared with me being here in Europe, maybe we feel it more than you guys at the moment and we maybe feel more threatened by it. Well, I, I think the uh, Europe has an energy problem and, you know, they that 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 is uh really behind a lot of the inflationary fears um i i think that you know it was you know during the trump administration where uh, you know you know the us was um for the for the most part um able to um produce enough oil that it could really support itself um and 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 now you're you're seeing um i think the the way the economy has uh, 
been rebounding post-COVID. Uh, you know, the, the labor market is still um, very, very um, tight. Where you're, 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 you, you have, if if you're if you're an American right now, and if you're looking for work, you can get a job. That is still the case, um, and I think that there is also um, a lot of Americans here that are looking for um, a more, much more normal summer. Uh, so I think you're going to see that um, there is uh, expectations that you'll, you'll have a, a very <clears throat> strong um, um, vacationing season. I think you'll still see, um, even with oil prices, gasoline prices, you know, roughly a dollar higher than per gallon than they were a year ago, are still going to be going to uh, um, resuming uh, a kind of that return to normal. Um, and uh, I, I think that you, you're, you know, you know, the U.S. economy is is even if we continue to see this inflationary um, uh, story continue the way it, it, it has been, uh, you know, it, it would it would I mean, still, you know, we, you know, last week we were talking possible the earliest recession was, you know, end of next year. Um, maybe you bump it up a quarter or two at max, but still, I mean, the economy is still going to be very strong and there's nothing that says, um, you know, you know that the, the Fed won't raise rates in March. That's, you know, that's, you know, very much priced in. And I think that, um, there, there's, uh, um, a, there would be a lack of credibility in the Fed if they did not go forward with that rate hike. And I think that you, you will, will see that, uh, you know, May fourth is the next meeting, and there's probably still strong um, expectations that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to, to deliver that rate hike as well without blinking an eye, um, despite. Um, where we see commodity prices and if, if, if we have oil at 180 um maybe uh then that that would be the the, the thing that would say okay maybe may might not happen but i i think that uh that is uh still for, for many traders that seems like it's not going to be the the likely scenario and 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 there's there's prospects that you're you're going you're we're continuing to see rate counts come to, to increase uh us canada have been raising their their rig counts um and also you know over the weekend we have iran um who has a very critical round of uh talks where um this could be when they make their breakthrough uh, announcement and securing or paving the way for uh reviving that nuclear deal and if iran is back in the mix that is a, a um, a global uh, game changer for uh, energy supplies. Um, you know, obviously, wheat and metals are a different story, but um, that would help tremendously. So I think there's there's um there's too many variables right now, but for for the short term, uh, and that being the next couple of Fed meetings, uh, there 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 shouldn't be a, a reason why you would expect them to change change their stance given. Um, these current developments. Yep. You mentioned oil. Today, 
It's up around 3%. Brent crude at 114, WTI 111. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the, the biggest headlines that I saw that caught my attention, you know, you, you know these, these high energy prices, uh, they're putting a lot of uh, UK factories into a difficult position. Uh, some are halting production. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's fears that, you know, you're going to have widespread shutdowns um, if uh, you, you continue to see that this war in Ukraine um, triggers more shortages of natural gas. So I think that, you know, the, you know, Britain's steelmakers are, are, are very nervous right now. And, and I think that's uh, um, an important story to, to focus on. And uh, sorry to, to focus so much on, on the UK here, but I think it's important to, to acknowledge that that, that is um, going to, to have a, a, you know, a major impact for that part of the economy. And, and um, you know, you're, you're seeing energy prices there, I think around what, 300 pounds a megawatt per hour. Um, so that's, you know, above pre-energy crisis levels and, and i think you're 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 seeing that uh a lot of companies here um and in some surveys they're saying that they're they're going to adjust their their business practices to reduce energy consumption and i think that uh most of them are are also going to pass on those costs to consumers so this is this is just going to really um hurt the uh uk economy and um i think that you're you're going to see that um you know oil prices are headed headed higher there's um been uh, another opec plus meeting this week we saw that they it was a quick one it was an easy one uh, and, it, and it shouldn't have been one it, it should have been debated i think that uh, opec plus decided to go forward with that um 400 barrel per day increase in april and, and it shows you that um um, we have a very tight market, and uh, unless we get a surprise from Iran, and Iran said they could ramp up production pretty quickly in a couple months, which I was I was surprised. I didn't think it would be that fast, and I'm sure that's their words, but um, I think that um, everyone's going to be focused on whether or not Iran is able to secure that deal, and uh, they, you know, they this is at the negotiating table. This is where they have um their best position right now so ho hopefully um a deal can be made and i think that would provide a lot of relief to large parts of the economy yeah it certainly worked in iran's favor difficult position though for the west because uh, we've seen the russian attack on a, a nuclear power plant today while we need iran's oil the West needs to be very careful about what it agrees to in terms of the future of Iran's uh, nuclear ambitions. But that's for another day, that conversation. Let's talk about the week ahead. Obviously, things will be very much affected by what is happening in Eastern Europe. And we, uh, we hope and we pray that things aren't quite as bad as they've been over the last week. But in terms of what we should look out for in financial markets, what sticks out for you, Ed? For me, the week ahead starts on Saturday, and uh, you have the uh, the International Atomic Energy Agency is visiting Tehran, and that that could be huge um, if if they uh, are able to remove some of those last couple of issues that are preventing us from getting that revival of that nuclear deal. Um, that's that's going to be, um, I think, um, what a lot of traders are are, are going to be focused on. Um, 
but um as, as far as you know the the week ahead it's 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 mostly it's all about ukraine and 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 russia um you you'll you'll see on monday there's a in an important uh, energy conference, we'll hear from Saudi Aramco and Shell CEOs. Um, that's that could provide some more um, insight onto uh, their efforts and what they'll be doing and how they're positioning themselves to make up for the shortfall of of oil that we have in the world. Um, Tuesday is a, a rather um, busy day with German industrial production. You have, um, in addition to that, uh, Poland has a rate decision. They're expected to raise rates by 50 basis points. Um, so um, rate hikes are still coming. Um, you're, you, you also have South African GDP. So it's, it's important to, to take a look as, as far as, you know, how, um, how strong or, or weak in some instances are certain economies are um, before we get to feeling the true impact of these inflationary pressures from the, the war in Ukraine. Um, Apple has a new product event and uh, you know that that could uh, provide some momentum for some of these tech stocks. Apple, a big influencer uh, with all their, um, they have so many suppliers. Uh, so um, that's a, that's always a fun one to watch to, to take your mind off of uh, some of these uh, geopolitical stories that we're, we're nonstop covering. Um, Wednesday, uh, there's, uh, um, I think, um, a lot of uh, focus will be on some of the uh, inflation data we get from China. Um, new, new, new yuan loans is uh, is also a good one to watch. Um, we have the um, EIA crude oil inventory report, and also we'll hear from RBA Governor Lowe. He'll address uh, the AFR business summit. Um, and um, I'll also pay attention to uh, the deputy uh, governor um, um, will be uh, taking part in a panel about the digital economy, as uh, I think this might be the one podcast we did not talk Bitcoin, but I just snuck it in there. Um, uh, Thursday is the big day, though. Thursday, um, you have the ECB interest rate decision. Uh, no change in monetary policy expected, but their March projections will start to reflect um, what they feel is the impact of the war in Ukraine. And that's going to be key. Um, and uh, I think uh, everyone will be closely listening to uh, President Lagarde's post-rate press conference. Um, and as far as economic data goes, the main event is going to be the inflation report for February. Some people are making the call for 8% on the year. Um, there's uh, the consensus is 7.9, but we, you know, we we thought 7.5 last month was high. Uh, everything is just going higher. And and Fed members, what they've said is they're focused on the month-to-month reading, and that's supposed to to rise from uh, 0.6 to 0.8%, which means um, things are it, it's uh, it's it's very hot and that will um, potentially give some of those hawks more ammunition to uh, to um, get the Fed to, to, to do more. Um, and uh, that's on Thursday. And uh, Friday, we have uh, um, some key industrial production data for the UK. Um, the US has uh, the Michigan consumer sentiment readings, uh, German CPI, um, and uh, I think that um, now it's it's interesting. We're um, also paying attention to these sovereign rating updates. Uh, Norway, Portugal, Ukraine will have 
um, um, rating updates from S&P. Um, it, it's uh, I, I think uh, that the week is is going to be um, though you know primarily fixated on on every development with Ukraine. Um, and uh, no, uh, that's uh, it'll likely be a very uh, busy week next week. Okay, Ed, we wish you and your family a peaceful weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Looking forward to it. This is the Oanda Podcast.